We're going to continue on today in our study, 1 Peter. Uh, we're beginning chapter 4 this morning. We're going to do seven verses of 1 Peter chapter 4. And so if you don't have a Bible with you, uh, we would encourage you to follow along. We have several scriptures up on the PowerPoint, but we just believe so much that uh, every person should be familiar with what the Bible says in their, and have a Bible of their own. Yes. This is the day and time that we really need to become familiar with God's word. And um, so anybody need a Bible, raise your hand and we'll deliver one to you. Anybody? All right. All right. Let's just pray before we begin. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord God. It's a lamp to our feet. Yes. It's a light to our path. And Father God, we do need it for this day and time so much. There's so much darkness out there, confusion out there. Help us to be people, Lord, who are lovers of your word, lovers of truth. Yes. We desire to know you. Oh, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you unveil the word of God to us today. Yes. And Lord, as Pastor Steve and I bring the word forth, I pray that we decrease in your voice to the people, to our hearts. Increase. Yes. Teach us, Holy Spirit, and prepare us, Lord. Help us to live ready for the day, for that day that, that you're coming back Hallelujah. for your church. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we're going to begin to read. I'm going to read the first seven verses of chapter four. <clears throat> first Peter. First Peter. First Peter. First Peter, yeah. Chapter four, verse one. Okay. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. Mm -hmm. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh serving human passions but for the will of God. Verse 3, For we've spent enough of our past lifetime in doing what the Gentiles want to do when we walked in sensualities, lusts, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatries. They're surprised that you don't join them in their <laughs> reckless wild living, and they heap abuse and malign you. Verse 5, But they'll have to give an account to him who's ready to judge the living and the dead. Verse 6, for this reason, the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead, though, that though they were judged in the flesh as people, they may live in the spirit yes. according to the will of God. Verse 7, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, Here we go. be what? Serious, Serious sober, and, and watchful, watchful in your, your prayers. In your prayers. Yeah. Hallelujah. It's an interesting verse there, verse 7. Because it was written in 65, around 65 AD, verse uh -huh. 7 says, but the end of all things is at hand. You see, so to gain a little bit of understanding about that, because you think, how could he write that in 65 AD? And here we are about 19, 1900 years later or so. Yeah. And he said it back then. But like when the church age began... About 2,000 years ago, the Apostle Paul, like we know in the book of Acts, he stood up when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. The Apostle Peter. The Holy um, yeah, Apostle <laughs> Peter. I'm getting my words mixed up this morning. She's going too fast. Yeah. <laughs> Peter stood up. Yeah. That's right. Peter stood up. And he was explaining to the people what they were seeing when the Holy Spirit was poured out. It said, on all flesh. And he said, this is what Joel, the prophet, Yep. had prophesied, that's an Old Testament book, long ago, that it would come to pass in the last days that the Holy Spirit would be poured out oh, on all God. flesh. And, you know, I, most of us are probably familiar with that verse. He goes on to say that your, your sons and your daughters mm -hmm. will prophesy that he's going to pour out on his maidservants and men's servants, his spirit. Young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams. He goes on to say, he's going to show wonders in the sky above, signs on the earth, beneath, blood, fire, and smoking vapor. And he goes on to continue to say how the last days will end. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord. And it shall be in Here the meantime, if you will, that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Yes. And so the beginning, it's interesting that the beginning of the church age is also announced as like the beginning of the last days. And so we've been in 
for 2,000 years in the last days mm -hmm. of the church age. And again, you think, how can this be? But remember, the apostle Peter also wrote that, mm -hmm. that uh, with the Lord, a thousand years is as a day, and as a, a day is as a thousand years to the Lord. And so the, the Lord is not limited to time. Right. He's not measuring time as we are. It says he inhabits eternity, and so he lives outside of time. Yeah. And although First Peter was written in 65 AD or so, we are living in the last days before what? Before the coming of Christ. Yes. That's what, who we're looking forward to, to come. <laughs> Our blessed hope. Yeah. And so even though it's been a long time, since these words were fo first spoken, there will surely be a final last day yes. to the last days, right? We are heading towards that one final day. And the early church lived with this forefront in their thinking. Yes. They were thinking even then that their days were very numbered. And so how should we live is what Peter is talking about. Come on now. And so just as the early church... Uh, was experiencing increasing persecution as the last days approached. Their persecution for what? For believing in Christ, mm -hmm. living for the sake of truth. It's becoming the same way for us. Have, have you noticed? <laughs> that there's so much happening that is pushing against Christian values in our culture, in America. You've got businesses... Christian business owners who are expected to just set aside their Christian beliefs for the sake of adapting to secular values, mm -hmm. supporting LGBTQ issues. You have universities that just read about these things and school boards that admit passing over Christian faculty. For promotion. For, for, yeah, for promotion, mm -hmm. yeah. They're suspending people from their jobs for improper use of pronouns, and churches were desecrated recently, especially Catholic churches, when Roe versus Wade was overturned. I mean, they went in. I don't know if you saw that in the news. I mean, statues of Mary. I know we don't believe that we pray to Mary, but nevertheless, it was just such a desecration to go in there, smear it with, black, with red paint, knock it over, smash it over, write vulgarities in the church. Public school curriculums... Right. Are changing, oh Come on now. adopting just really deviant beliefs about sexuality and wanting and saying, we're going to teach this to the children. This is now the new normal. So there's a, a real clear and growing cost to holding on to your faith and believing in truth. Right now. Have you, are you feeling it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, it's rubbing up against you. You it can't is. help it. And then, not to mention just other things that Matthew 24 and Luke 21 and, and Mark 13, those are the yep. three chapters in the Gospels that speak about the last days of earthquakes and pestilences and famines and lawlessness and profession of believers who were once believers falling away from their faith. There you go. So yep. we say all this to say that if the, if the last days began in 65 AD, where are we now? We are heading towards... The last of... <laughs> We're waiting for that day. That day, yeah. You know, the early church, even right now when Peter's writing, they were experiencing great miracles of healing. They were actually having signs and wonders. It was quite an amazing time because the church was actually exploding with people coming in to give their life to Christ. But at the same time, there was real... Uh, turmoil from those who were in power to suppress it. There was real trouble. Uh, and Peter is saying, this persecution is just going to get worse. He's, he's giving these, well, because let's face it, Caesar, Christians refused to worship Caesar as God because they had emperor worship. And then you have all the pagan uh, false religions that Christians were saying, no, this is, this, our morality now does not permit us to go in here, just like what we read. They malign you now because you don't run with them anymore, okay? And listen, the church is full of people coming out of trouble and getting born again. So you don't come in here and think this is a perfect church, because it's not. 
But yet here's Peter writing to everybody saying, you know, hold on to the hope that you got right there. You know, Christians, you know, even child sacrifice back in those days. We talked about it before. What they would do is leave their babies on the on the uh, sidewalk if they had sidewalks, but in the streets, or they'd take them out in the woods and just set them there. But Christians would pick those babies up and, and bring them and nurture them as their own. And we see that's all happening today too. You know, no, nobody had civil rights then. It was the emperor. <laughs> it was authoritarian. And so the Christians, all they had was their faith in God and trust in the living God. And their, their brothers and sisters and unifying together to build them up and have the strength. But 30 years later, what's happening here is, is you know, they, instead of tolerating Christians, they wanted to stamp Christianity out. The persecution became intense. It was, you know, they, Nero... He was the, the emperor of Rome, and he's the one that brought a lot of persecution in the church. He would take them, and because they didn't worship him as God, he would put them in the Colosseum and let the lions eat them. You saw those old movies, you know? It actually really did happen. And then they would, this was horrible too. Fox's Book of Martyrs is a book that you could read uh, that documents a lot of... Uh, persecution against church but they would dip them in living they would dip them in oil and the emperor would light them in his garden so he could see at night this is this is horrible persecution and it's all coming against the church but he's writing this letter he wants the christians to understand the hope that we have of eternal life he's writing to them saying you remember what he said you're aliens and foreigners in this land. Your, your citizenship is in heaven. This is not all there is. There is glory to come. You know, and so our kingdom is not of this realm, just like Jesus said when he was before Pilate. You know, and he's saying, suffering this in this life, he's telling him, God hasn't forgotten you. He's not mad at you. Like Pastor Mamie said, everything's pressing up against our values and who we are in Christ. And he says, just like the days of Noah, that's what's going to happen. And that's what's happening, folks, yeah. right now. But all behind all this is a spiritual war taking place. Do you understand that? Yeah. God and his angels and his believers, true Christians, and Satan and his demons... And all the people that he's deceived. That war is constant. It was constant back then. It's constant today. And we have to have our eyes open so that we understand these things. You say, well, why did that guy go and kill all those people? He was motivated by a demonic influence. Do you understand? <laughs> these demons, they attach themselves to people and people start to think according to the thoughts that demon gives them, and that gives the demon a little bit more power to walk in, and the idea is to control you. But here's the thing. Satan hates men and women, all, whether you're saved or not. Yeah. Why? Because men, when I say man, I mean mankind, was offered forgiveness and redemption yeah. through Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. and those angels were not. Yeah. They hate you. They hate me. And what do they want to do is destroy you any way they can. Yeah. They're not going to come up to you and say, hey, I'm going to destroy you. They're going to weave themselves into your thinking. Yeah. That's why you have to renew your mind to the Word of God to be able to distinguish the mind of the Spirit and the mind of the flesh. Yeah. But, yeah, America really doesn't know anything about this real persecution. No, it, not, no we don't. We don't, because we sit here in comfortable seats, and no one's having their home door busted down and, right. you know, dragged off to prison. And I think, you know, for the most part, the church doesn't have a real revelation of the spiritual warfare behind it all. 
I think we some, the church in general can often just read the paper and go, wow, this is terrible and bad, and forget right. where it's being inspired from. And we are all feeling it one way or another. I, I don't know that anybody could be li- alive this day and feel like, no, life is the way it was 10 years ago. It's not. It feels different. Right. And there is, the church, I feel like, is just under this constant pressure to uh, cave in, to just affirm what the world wants it to affirm. Yep. And you keep having people stand up and say no. You know, you get them here and there in winning a lawsuit here and there for saying, no, I'm not going to conform to what you're making me do on the job. But there's this prevailing hostility to biblical truth that we have to be paying attention to. Amen. And not just go, I don't know, it's bad, and just kind of go again on the hamster wheel of our <coughs> life and just try to put our head down and, and guard our, our little house, us four and no more. Mm. Because all this is coming as a work of darkness, and it's increasing. And we should be concerned. We, we, we should be noticing. Yes. Uh, this is why we're going to talk about it in light of these, these, these scriptures from 1 Peter 4, because we don't want you to be ignorant of it. There's nothing to fear in it. It's not, we don't right. bring these things up to generate fear because of who we know we are in Christ. And actually, the Lord's hand is in all of this. Yes. It's all coming to pass according to his knowledge and plan and purpose. It's in the book. It's in the book, yeah. (laughs) But we must understand that Satan is a great deceiver. And he's using his thoughts to deceive people. And he wants people. He comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Yep. And his goal, of course, is to hopefully keep you deceived long enough that when you take your last breath, you end up. In eternal death. Yeah. And we need to be living as people of God wide awake. Yes. There's plenty, plenty of places in Scripture that says, awaken, you know. Awake, awake, O sleeper. Arise from the dead and let Christ shine on you. Mm. And not just awake, in other words, okay, I'm awake, but awake and responding. Yes. We oh, need to be that's good. acting on why we're awake. Right? Come on. <laughs> I mean, the church has been given such great authority in Christ. And a lot of our authority begins with prayer. Amen. We are to be praying the will of God because it's in prayer that we begin to push back the work of darkness in the heavenlies. Yes. And are we praying? I guess that's the, that's the question. The mission of the church, like our mission is to help people to know God, and to live with, the, live with purpose. But this isn't about just, I found purpose in right. Christ, and I found my dream. I'm going to chase after my dream and make, make Jesus is going to help me live my dream. No. Our purpose is to advance his kingdom. Amen. You know, our purpose is yes. to have the Spirit of God show us, God, I, I'm praying your will to be done. On here on earth, what is your will? Well, his will is to see a harvest come in. Come on now. For people to be born again. His will is for us to live advancing his kingdom. Make to share your faith. Like, how do we advance his kingdom? Well, we need to know the word of God for come one on. thing. <laughs> and share our faith. We need to be salt and light it, on our jobs, in, in our neighborhoods, with the people around us. Yes. And we need to be making disciples. It's not just about conversion. Well, I gave my life to Christ. You know, we, we, we give altar calls. We want people, yes, give my life to Christ. That's, you might call that a conversion, but we want to make disciples. It goes beyond just a conversion. And pray. I mean, all these things, take, take the armor of God, like Come it says on. in Ephesians 6, and stand and understand even what that means. Was, was, so when I go out into the world or I'm facing the things that I face in my home as I raise my children, mm-hmm. I understand I'm in a warfare here. I need, to, I need to understand what it means to be a soldier, if you will, and stand against the darkness. Look at verse 3. This is from what we read in 1 Peter 4. Here we go. For we've spent, this is why, we've spent enough of our past lifetime. <laughs> Like we've wasted enough of our life, some of us, you know, in what the Gentiles want to do when we walked in sensualities, lust, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatries. Peter's like saying we wasted enough time 
in worthless ways of living. Yes. And if you, you, know, you put that into today's language, drugs and pornography, and really the same thing, yes. drunkenness and sexuality and gambling and gluttony and just sometimes plain laziness, all of it is self-idolatry. Yes. It's just living for what I want, my pleasure, how I feel, my dream. And where does it get you in the end? I mean, this is part of the bait that Satan uses. Come on. Yep. This is the more, this is the more fun route. This is the way to go. But verse 2 of what we just read says, don't live the days you have left serving human passions, but live for the will of God. Yes. This is a now word for so many, for all of us. And then it, you, have, you have old friends. All of us do. You see them on social media or pass them by, who, however, at work or on the street. Verse 4, they're surprised that you don't join them in their reckless, wild living. <laughs> And they heap abuse and malign you. I mean, there's not one of us who haven't felt somewhere along the way that our old friends are like, they think you're weird. <laughs> we are. We're peculiar people. <laughs> We're aliens. That's what the Bible declares. I remember my old high school friend, she came back in the when we were going to pack packing up our house <laughs> and leaving to go to Bible school uh, in Oklahoma. And the whole house was just about packed up and knock, knock, knock. I didn't even know she was in town. She's like, maybe. And she was in my wed our wedding. Yep. And so we, were, we had been close friends. She lives in California. She's like, I just had to come to your house and see if you were okay. And I said, well, what do you mean if I'm okay? She said, I heard that you're joining a cult. <laughs> <laughs> that you sold everything you had and you're going to go move somewhere and you join a cult. I was like... And we're packing up. And I'm packing up. And, I'm like, and like, it was crazy because I tried to give myself a haircut, and I blew it so bad. And then I, he was like, like I looked like a prisoner almost. of war. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, cult, you're packing up. And look at Steve. He's like, ah. <laughs> It's funny. It was like, well, no, I assure you, I'm more sane than I ever was. Yes, hallelujah. You know, I have my, my mind on straight now. <laughs> but again, she didn't understand. Right. I mean, she wasn't critical, but she just did not understand. Again, you're joining a cult because, <laughs> because you are passionate to yeah. follow Christ. And you believe the Bible. And you, yeah. And so our, we, we need to just understand that <laughs> our prayers and how we live now we are to live for the will of God and look around at the world. This yeah. is not time to, for us to just go on church, a little bit of church, a little bit of that. This is time for preparation. Yes. To be in the word of God, to get this seed inside of your heart so that it can grow. Because we're going to need to be acting upon these truths and even know, will we stand? Yeah, but the end of all things. Look at verse 7. Yeah, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, what? Be serious and watchful in your prayers. I mean, people's eternities depend upon you and me. That's right. Have you ever thought about that? Take the responsibility. That if nobody's praying for lost people around them, then guess who's, guess who's most energizing and influencing their life? Come on now. The devil. I mean, your fervent prayers, it says in James, carry great power. Yes. Earnest prayer, just earnest. I mean, you don't have to be like shouting, but earnest, like you believe this prayer. You believe God wants to accomplish his will. Come on. But yes. are we using our authority in Christ in praying our, for our families? Are you yeah. praying for your families to know the Lord, to walk according to his will, to bear fruit for him? Are we praying for our schools? Like, oh God, this is how we pray at our prayer meetings. Yeah. So that the curriculums represent righteousness. So our law enforcement people aren't taking bribes, that they're, they're walking in righteousness. And our judges. I mean, God desires a harvest of souls before it's too late. Some of you have adult children. And where they spend eternity is influenced by your prayer life. What an awesome responsibility. But when you realize that Jesus agrees with the prayer that says, save my son or daughter, yes. then we can become fervent 
and expecting, and we should pray and use our authority. So when we see them walking away and, and like a prodigal, right. we know how to pray. We, we can actually do something. Sometimes your conversation with them seems to go nowhere. And it's, you know, it's, you don't even want to go there. But oh, the power of God that's at work when you just pray in yeah. private in your little prayer closet. And, and you join will... us on Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday. Because, you know, a good way to pray is to pray that God would remove the idols out of their life. Yeah. Idols. There's so many idols in America, it's ridiculous. Success, according to the yeah. world standard. Yeah, just like, yeah. Recognition. What Amanda was... You know, yeah. this, these things, we need to pray that they find not earthly success, but success is what... God calls success. Yeah. Because that's the only way you're going to have eternal value. Right. That's the only way you're going to have reward. Yeah. <laughs> you know, our prayer meetings are, you know, thank God for the faithful few that come every time the doors opened. But I'm asking you, you know, to come and see. If you want to learn how to pray effectively, not have your you're, like Paul says, I'm boxing, but I'm beating the air. No, we want you to zero in and hit the target. We want you to pray effectively. You know, we don't want you to miss the mark in prayer. You come and learn. Come and learn. Be ready when Jesus comes back. What was that last verse we read? Verse 7. Oh, man. It's easy to see for sure that America needs a spiritual awakening. Amen? Amen. There's a pastor in, in, of all places, Southern California, Shane Eidelman. And he, this is a quote from him. The greatest hindrance to a spiritual awakening is our satisfaction without it. Yes, ouch. Yeah. Let that sink in. You know, we've got to stir ourselves up. We need to ask God to give us a a holy dissatisfaction where we are. Doesn't God have much more than what we're uh, walking in? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so let's don't be satisfied where we are. You know, I, I pray that God would open your eyes to the day and time that we live in and actually give us a sense of urgency. Yes. You know, we need to pray. We need to pray about what we see that is happening around us and I pray that God's fear, the fear of God would come upon us. Amen. I pray that a spirit of repentance would come upon us. Yes. Because it, it, it depends on the church. Satan and his minions are praying just the opposite of what we want. And I'll tell you what, sometimes their disciples are a lot more all out than Christians. Well, let's take a look at Luke 21. Pastor maybe mentioned the Gospel of Luke. Let's take a look at what it says here. Luke 21, 34 through 36. You know, we have to, again, Pastor Mamie just said it. This isn't to scare you. God is in charge of it all, but he's, he's waiting for his people to stand up for righteousness. If he came today, would you just be thrilled to see him? Or would you say, uh-oh, I didn't. I didn't, and you could make a huge list if I didn't. Good intentions, God's not going to reward. That's right, yeah. Luke, did you find it? Luke 21? Luke 21, 34 through 36, it says, But take heed to yourselves, and be on your guard, lest your hearts be overburdened and weighed down with self-indulgence drunkenness and worldly cares pertaining to the business of this life. Least that day come upon you suddenly like a trap or a noose. Yeah. Some, some translations, your translation may say snare. Have you ever seen a, an animal snare? It's just a simple wire trap. I mean, it's, they, you put some food, let's say, on a log, and so an animal would walk along the log, think, hey, if, you know, easy meal, go for it. But that little wire yeah. snare is around the log. And so it's, it's set so that 
<laughs> when they're unsuspectingly going for it, it's triggered, and the snare snaps, and of course, yeah. what's it meant to do? <laughs> Trap and kill the animal. Yeah, it's destruction. Know. But it's sudden, and it's unexpected is yeah. the point. Yeah. So the, the scriptures are warning us, lest that day come upon you, suddenly like a trap or a noose we need to consider what the lord is saying to us here that this is going to be for those not watching and praying something unexpected and it's not a good thing what happens come on now it's not a good thing this is yeah. this is we we sometimes read the bible and say oh those guys those guys really had all this happening you know it's very alive today uh, again, Pastor Bamian just said that there was no, we don't know what persecution is. Go to Iraq. Go to Iran, Afghanistan. You, you go to some of these African yeah. nations. You go into the 1040 window over there in uh, the Asia. Far East, yeah. in Asia. You know what? You get water baptized there and somebody sees it, you're dead the next day. Yeah. In glory. <laughs> so you win. <laughs> but let's go on. You know, we don't want to be caught in the snare. Amen. Look at verse 35. For it will come upon. Thank you. It will come upon. All. Let's say it. It's going to come upon who? All. All who live upon the face of the entire earth. So are you escaping? Look how you can escape. Keep awake then and watch at all times. Praying that you may be full of strength and ability and be accounted worthy to escape all these things that will take place and to stand in the presence of the Son of Man. You know, the rapture of the church happens in a twinkling of an eye. Now close your eyes and open them right back up. That's how fast God's going to take every Christian, every true Christian that has oil in their lamp. And that's how it's going to happen. We'll be gone. First Thessalonians helps us to take a look at this. First Thessalonians, well, 5 verse 3. I don't think this is on PowerPoint. 416, I think, before that. Oh, did I miss one? Mm -hmm. I'm excited about this. You know, because it's all real. First yeah. Thessalonians 416. Oh. If you're in it's 5, just go back one. But okay. leave 5 up there because we're going to go to it. Thank yeah. you. All right, you there, 416. For the Lord will come from heaven in the clouds with a commanding shout and a voice of the archangel and a trumpet in the dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are still living will meet him where? In the air. In yeah. the air. So that's before he comes his second time. See, those who are ready, honestly, those who are ready, those who have actually, just like Chris said, he's quoting a scripture. We die to ourselves and live for Christ. Water baptism. Yep, that's when, you de when you're dead. And Paul says, My, I've been crucified with Christ, yet I live, but the life I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. See, this is what, the, this is what Jesus is looking for. It's not just Sunday morning coming and uh, giving a couple bucks and then you feel good about going back. No, it's your life. Yeah. You know, Sturgeon says the Christian life is a call for come and die. Yeah. And it's true. Look at what it says here. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come upon them. I missed it, didn't I? No, that's it. No, that, no, yeah, you got it. Yeah. Okay. People are going to be saying peace and safety. There's going to be like, ah, oh, my guard is down. Right? Yeah. Go yeah. for the bait. <laughs> Go for the bait. Go. He says, well, people are saying peace and safety. Destruction will come upon them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant yeah. woman. And they will not escape. Yeah. You know what it means? That means you're caught in a snare and you're left behind in the rapture. Not everybody who claims to be a Christian is going in the rapture. I want you to understand that. People are saying, I'm safe, I'm a Christian. But they don't live a Christian life. They don't crucify their flesh. They don't try to advance the kingdom of God. 
They don't gather together as brothers and sisters in a local church. See, the great tribulations come upon this church, on this earth. Nobody's going to escape, he says. Those people who aren't ready, guess what? That means, remember the five virgins? They had extra oil in their lamps. They trimmed their lamps. The bridegroom's coming! And they go out. And then those other five virgins, that represents the church, Christians, give me some of your oil. No. And they, the door was shut. We're encouraging you, by the love of God, to get with what it really means to be a Christian, to live it out. Don't be weighed down by the cares of the world. Don't just always just me, me, I, me, give it to me, give it. You don't want to go through this tribulation period. Amen. No, you don't because you want to find out what it is. It's horrible. Yeah. And it's actually the wrath of God falling on those who deny him. And we don't want you to deny him by living a two-faced life. I want the fear of God to fall on you. Because all of us can change. Yeah. All of us can change. And all of us need to change. Yeah. There's not a single person in here that's arrived. We need to be thirsty for the things of God. We need to be hungry for the manna from heaven. Yeah. Jesus is that living bread. Yeah. <laughs> and the snares of the devil, think about it. They're, they're just everywhere. Yep. When you look around in, in our society, like just live your own truth and... Mm. Choose your own gender or kill your unborn. And people are wearing T-shirts, proud of it. It's yeah. like, this is insane. It's evil. it's evil. And again, it's all because of the prince of the power of the air who's just pushing his agenda, pushing his agenda. Mm-hmm. Last week we looked at that, those verses in Isaiah 14 where we said it's a parallel to Satan, his five I wills. You know, I yeah. will ascend above the heights of God. Come you know, on. I will set, make my throne above above God. And so I'll exalt myself. This is all, you can see how people in the earth are falling for that deception because they're all, they're exalting their own way. I will have my own way, my own opinion, my own say. And he's, I, I believe that Satan is like consumed in a delusion. Yes. He's ruthless. He's consumed with the belief that he will rise above God, that he will win the war in the heavenlies. And he's ruthless. Like you were saying, he hates God. He hates people made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And he knows his time is running out. And you can just see how much he's pushing out into the world with his agenda. It's consuming. Manifest. It's like, I will be worshipped as God. And he's going to do anything he can to steal, kill, and to destroy and take as many people to hell as he can. Yep. And it talks about, you know, I think the, the mindset of the Antichrist who will appear one day, and I believe... He's on the scene. He's you know, moving towards the global world scene in the near future. He will be energized and innervated by the mind and heart of Satan. And his desire is to have the whole world follow him. This is what we know about the Antichrist. He's a political figure. He's a political figure. And it does say that he will cause everyone, small or great, rich or poor, slave or free, to take his mark, the mark of the beast. And if you do not take it, you will not be able to buy or sell in the earth. Now, you do see little glimpses of that now. Well, if you don't take the shot, you can't work here anymore. If you, if you say this about abortion, if you're anti-abortion, well, then you're going to lose your job. I mean, these things are, ha- these are just little tiny harbingers, I think, yes. of things to come. Scripture, then if we want to read 14, yeah, Revelation 14, it, 9. Here's the key. If you don't have your lamps ready, and if there is a pre-tribulation rapture, if you don't have yourself ready for that, and you're involved with the Word of God, you're involved with the local church, you're involved with brothers and sisters of faith, you're going to miss out. That rapture happens, you stay, then you're going to know that I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Now life is going to be very difficult for you to be a Christian. And declare that you are a Christ follower. Because if you take that mark, look what it says in Revelation 14. Turn to This it. actually is three and a half years into the tribulation. The tribulation period is seven years long. Yep. The last three and a half years is called the Great Tribulation. Revelation 14, we're going to start at verse 9. Quick, punch that in on your fingers. Yeah, we, going here. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to run out of time. 
There's so much to this. We're just piecing things together. I mean, if we started out in Genesis, we would bring you to a fuller understanding about your authority in Christ, how Satan got his authority given to him by Adam, and now he has a time period where he's ruling this world. First John says the whole world is under the power of the evil one. But not us. We've been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. Revelation, you find it, guys? Did you Chapter find it? 14, verse 9. Yeah, here we go. I still hear some pages turning. This is scripture warns us that if you take the mark, you're, if you're here in the earth and you take the mark, your fate is doomed, really. Even if you claim to be a Christian. Yeah. Let's read. Okay, the third angel followed them and said with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and its image and receives its mark on the forehead or on their hand, they too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured in full strength into the cup of his wrath. They will be tormented in burning sulfur and in the presence of the holy angels of the Lamb. The smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever, and there'll be no rest day or night for those who worship the beast in its image or for anyone who receives the mark. Once again, this, is, this happens at three and a half years into the seven-year peace plan that he writes up with Israel. And then everybody says peace and safety. And that, that, that last three and a half years is called the Great Tribulation. That's when the seven seals are broken, the trumpet blows, the woes are presented, then the seven bowls of God's wrath are poured onto the earth. It's going to be a very difficult time to live. But, you know, if you endure to the end, if you miss that rapture and you endure to the end, you will be in heaven. There's going to be great earthquakes happening. You know, you don't hear this in the news, but there's, there was a major earthquake in, in uh, Iran, I think it was 2008, 28, and killed 32,000 people. Didn't hear a word about it on the news. There's been earthquakes in Afghanistan. Now the Taliban is asking the world to come and help them. That's just recent. That's yeah. just recent. Earthquakes in Iran all the time. It, you know... <laughs> And during this time, you read it in Revelation. Let's be wise in the scriptures. Let's know what I'm talking about. Let's find it. A quarter of the world's population is going to die. Disease and famine. And it even says wild animals will start to kill people. If we have a pre-tribulation rapture and your oil is full, we won't have to make up our mind whether or not we're going to take the mark. But if there is no pre-trib rapture... And of course, there's debate in the body of Christ. Anybody who's ever studied this out, there's, just, there's debate on pre-trib, mid-trib, yep. post-trib. And a lot of... There's a, these are scholarly people. They've studied it out, and each one is like sure of their right. stance. Of their position. Yeah, and so it's important for you just to, whether it's pre-trib, mid-trib, or final trib, you're just going to have to determine that, you know what, I don't even love my life to death. Yeah. I love Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And the Bible declares, even if you're martyred, you overcome them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. That's right. Because absent from the body, present with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Do you hear how glorious that is? You know, so, you know, Peter writing in 65 A.D. is very relevant to us right now. Very relevant to us. You know, because many antichrists have gone out since the church age. Yeah. Nero, who is a maniac, he was a, an antichrist figure. I mean, Hitler, Mao Zedong, you know, Lenin, Stalin. They, you, there's been so many of them that have gone out yeah. and have been really motivated by this evil one that is under our feet to tell you the truth and the came this antichrist is going to be able to yield himself so much that the devil himself will possess him and satan will take over first john first john chapter 2 
here we go again. It's the last hour. Isn't it interesting? Yeah. How they chapter their perspective. Two. First John chapter two. See, we have to be aware of these things. We cannot be ignorant. Bible says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Anybody in here, you know what we, our life is? To make you a disciple. Our, that's our life, to make you a disciple. Opening up the word of God and pouring ourselves out with the spirit of Jesus so that you can take it and eat and grow, and then you can be a disciple who makes a disciple. Yeah. Advance the kingdom of God. John, the beloved, says, children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know it is the last hour. We got it. Anybody want to hear some more? Here we are. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Here we are. Here we are today, living in the last hour. Yes. It's so important. I mean, we had another scripture from Revelation, but I think we've run out of time. We'll... Oh, I think you should read it. I think, I think what we want to do here is, before we close is in, suggest that you take time to study this out for yourself. Right. We're not going to stand up here. and We kind of have thoughts on how we, when we believe the rapture will occur. But you need to be sure. You need to study this out for yourself and get serious about your faith and get the word of God into your heart daily. Daily. Again, daily. We and, need And to, do it. Obey it. And, and begin to pray. I can't encourage you enough to come to one of the prayer meetings. I do believe the Lord's going to hold his church accountable. Yep. Did you pray my will? Did you take time? to just come and seek me to pray my will because you look at all the darkness around you and you think he's counting on his church for the sake of the remnant, the harvest that he wants to come in. And if the church is just, you know, doing other things, occupying ourselves in day-to-day pleasures, they may not be sinful But Scripture is always admonishing us, like it says in Ephesians 5, to look carefully how you walk and live purposefully, using your time wisely. And so come to prayer for the days are evil and grasp what the will of the Lord is. We say these things because we love you and we want oil in your lamp. We want you to go, I got to get going. I got to get, you know, get myself by the ear. And it's really, keep in mind that Satan doesn't hate and the world doesn't hate people simply because they're Christians and you say, well, I have a Bible and you ascribe to some Christian beliefs. I mean, he doesn't care if you even go to a church. He doesn't care if you own a Bible. He doesn't care if you know a few Bible verses and you could speak some Christianese. Hey, brother or sister, yeah, I'm praying for you. See you. Yeah, okay. He doesn't care. Oh, bless you, brother. I had to have my fish bumper sticker on my car. You know, I'm all right. He doesn't care about that. You're no threat to the kingdom when you live that way as a Christian. That's true, because what does he fear? He fears a man and a woman who stands up for their faith and takes the sword of the Spirit, as Ephesians chapter 6 declares, which is the word of God. And he puts that word of God in the situation that he has. And no matter what storms come, he stands having done all to stand. Satan fears somebody who is willing to serve others. He's he's ready. He fears somebody who's going to spread the gospel. He's, He's somebody that just can't, Satan can't stand when you start to walk in love instead of getting him back. You start walking in love. The person he fears is a unity of brothers like at this church. You're going to understand how God is really saying the church better be ready. And that doesn't mean me as an individual. No, this church, this body. You have difficulties in the days to come. You come here, everybody is going to pray for you. And we're going to seek God's face and he will deliver us. Satan fears somebody who lives in righteousness and holiness. He fears somebody who obeys Jesus Christ. But if you want to avoid all the trouble, you know, just don't do any of that. 
Yeah, but that's a snare for you later on because right. he's ready to judge the living and the dead. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. I, th I like, we just close thinking about that scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5 where it says, brothers and sisters, though that's not our law, we are not appointed for darkness. So that day would overtake us suddenly like a thief. Yeah. We're admonished to know that you're all sons and daughters of light. That's who we are. Come on, girl. We're not of the night. We're not of the darkness. We're of the day. But it does say, so then let's not sleep like others sleep, right? But let's be alert. Yes. Let's be sober. Let's live ready for that day. So, Father, we thank you. I thank you so much, Lord, for your word. Yes. The power of your word. God, I pray that this, these words, Lord, that came from you, your heart, they would sink deep inside of our heart. I pray they would follow us, Lord, as we leave today, that they would bother us, convict us, stir us up, Lord, awaken your church. Yes. Awaken us to see that we are sons and daughters of light. You have a plan and a purpose for us and how to live for the day and time that we are in the earth. You said that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Yes. That faith is given to you by Jesus Christ. If you're outside of Christ, you do not have that faith to be able to overcome the world. You're still sitting in your sins, and the Bible declares you're under the condemnation, under the wrath of God. But Jesus came here out of love for you. Yes. Jesus willingly paid your sin debt so you could be set free. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Yeah. Is there anybody? Here if you're today? here today and you really haven't given your life over, you might be a Christian just in name only. You know some Christianese, but that's not cutting it these days. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. You ready to give your life to Christ? He bids you come and die. Yeah. But when you die, you're living in resurrection life. You're walking in the Spirit. Anybody here? Praise God. I ask you, Father God, just to bless your people here. Anoint them with a double portion that they might see and understand and walk in your ways fully no matter what storms of life come. In Jesus' name.